the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. To have faith in God is not a stagnant state. It's a journey. As a believer, we should grow in our knowledge of God and His Word. Walk with Alan Cutting and many other believers as together we walk the believer's journey. Aloha, and thank you for joining us again on The Believer's Journey. I want to thank everybody who prays for our ministry, who supports our ministry in any way you do, whether you're watching this program, uh, whether you uh, help us with our finances or spread spread the word to other people. We really do appreciate all your support and all your help. If you're watching this program, I really do... um, Ask if you want to, if you like this program, to like us. If you uh, want to see us again, to subscribe to us. And uh, it would be really helpful. And so, therefore, we're we're moving along. We're trucking along all because of you. And we really do appreciate all of your help. Today, we have a really cool show. And um, our topic is, is going to be uh, based on John 10.10, 10, where it talks about the thief who comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and Jesus came to give life and more abundantly. And we'll talk a lot about that the second half of our program. But for now, I want to introduce my guest, Yalu Kabade. Yes. And um, we met, he basically uh, belongs to the uh, Ethiopian International Evangelical Church. He's an elder there. And so it's a, he, they're, congregation meets in the same rooms, I guess, near where I do, where I teach. So I met them in the afternoon. As we're leaving, they're coming in. And so that's kind of where we met. Yes. So um, anyway, talk to us a little bit. Uh, Yalu, basically, real quick, he retired back in 2004 and had the calling in his heart to do missionary work. And he started off in the Philippines. And then from there, for several years, he went there, and there's some amazing things that have happened there. And then he moved on into Ethiopia. So I want him to tell you his story. His story is incredible. And um, anyway, I want to introduce you, and there you are. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Um, Well, my name is Yalo, and I'm originally from Ethiopia. I came to, uh, to go to school here. So this was back uh, in 1974, came to Oklahoma City. And that's where I uh, started going to school. And I was staying in the dorm. And my wife didn't join me right away. Um, uh, There was a change. I mean, the oil embargo, I don't know if you remember, in the 70s. remember it well. (laughs) There was people were not getting a visa assignment to come to the U.S. So it was very hard for her. And so I didn't see my wife for six and a half years. But mm. later on, she was able, the Lord brought us back together, and her and my daughter also. So so anyway, that's how, you know, when I came here, I came for school, to go to school. And uh, But you see, how, when did I come to know my Jesus? 
That was, uh, I was in high school in, back home in Ethiopia. And Ethiopia, I don't know, many people might know that, that it's Eastern Orthodox, it's a religion uh, that, you know, so I grew up in that religion. Um, but then the challenge was, so we, me and my two friends uh, said, let's go. There was a little chapel where they meet and they share, they sing, they share the gospel, they, do, they study the Bible. So let's, you know, who are these guys? Ethiopia is a Christian country. I mean, who are these guys coming and telling us, let's go and make fun of them? That's how I went there. We went there. And then that's how the Lord Jesus found me. And so what I found out to be, it's not a religion. See, religion is a do-do thing. You know, do-do thing. Like, you know, if you don't, I'm going to chop you off. <laughs> but Jesus, he says, he came to give us life. What life? God's life, eternal life to give us. And he came to, and died in our place. What an awesome thing. So anyway, my story, it's a long story. I, I, uh, I just wanted to focus mainly on how the Lord Jesus saved us. And Ethiopia, it was a, a move of God in the, this is, in like in uh, like 60 plus years ago, there was a move of the Holy Spirit in our nation because the adults will not be accepting Jesus. Will be you know they already said they have so many. Uh, Jesus is among them, but he's not the way. He's not the truth and the life. So, so it's there are so many saints, so many, so many things. It just boggles the mind. So. So how am I, so what did Jesus do? The Holy Spirit. He came to the kids. Because adults are not going to op be open for the gospel. So that's how we came to know Christ. And the fire, just the Holy Spirit just took off. I mean, in, in Ethiopia, you're talking about in, um, in 1964, in the 60s. It was a move of God. High school, colleges, I mean, just fire, just caught the gospel, Jesus. And we just, we just, uh, we just sing in um, witness, you know, and we talk about the power, the power of God. The power, the power, the Holy Spirit's power is just the same today, just the same today. We sing and we witness. And anytime people go and go to a place like teacher training institute, I mean, there are teachers that go into the countryside. Wherever they go, they start fellowship. I mean, reading the word, praying and singing in their homes. If it's a birthday, it will be changed into a worship service. So that's how the Lord worked in Ethiopia. Now, started at that time. Now we might have like 15 million or so. Uh, full gospel believers church, wow. you know, started with young kids. It just caught fire. Wow. See, there is no, see, that's the Holy Spirit. That's how I really I came to know the Lord Jesus. And uh, so, praise God. What, when you retired from work, yes. you're both you and your wife, Sophia, both retired at the same time? Yes. Okay. It was 2004. Yeah. And starting in 2005, you went to the Philippines. Right. And, um, but some amazing things happened there, which prompted you actually to return for four yeah, more years. Yes. 
tell us a couple of those stories because they're pretty cool. Yes. Well, in the Philippines, I tell you, it's an amazing thing. So we, they they are basically mostly it's a religion Catholic is, right. but they're open for the gospel. But by the authorities in the Catholic Church, you know, the priests tell them not to talk to born again people. Don't talk to them. They are they told us themselves. We're we're told not to talk to you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they say, but this one lady, you know, my wife met her at the on the beach, and she started sharing with her the gospel. The love of Jesus, how he came to save us. He died in our place. And she was interested. And she said, you know, I want to, I want to trust in him. I want to accept him. So she, we prayed with her, and she accepted Christ. And she said, can I bring my husband also? You can tell him. <laughs> so the next time they came, so the husband came, and he also accepted Christ. Then, then she said, you know, I want to invite you to my place so that my neighbors, my relatives, my aunties can all listen. But my house is not a clean place, you know. I said, don't worry about that. You know, we don't care about that. Our place also is dirty. See? <laughs> and then we went. You know how they took us there? The first time, my wife has never been on a motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing. <laughs> we still have the picture. I should have... I should. I think I oh I'll show you maybe another time. Uh, so my wife was is there. Six seven people sit on one motorcycle. Wow. Two wheel two wheel motorcycle. You see it. I have a picture of it. <laughs> the kids and the family, the parents. I just saw my wife sat between the wife and the the driver. I mean the husband, and we we went there to the Philippines. I mean I'm sorry to Napo. The, the city called Napo. That's in the Philippines. Right. And then they, you know, the, everybody accepted Christ, and the church was established there, started there. So we went to the uh, evangelical church that we work with. Mm-hmm. We told them about that. Then now they start sending missionaries, I mean, uh, pastor, teachers to them, and now it's grown. Now it has, in fact, they celebrated the 15th anniversary uh, recently, I heard. About wow. a year ago or so, yeah. So that's how the Lord is using. He uses crackpots, you know. Let me tell you, that's how I express it. Yeah. If you come like this, you know, your chest out, you know, you know, I'm a pastor or I'm a prophet or something like this. Ah. <laughs> God wants somebody, you know, shaky. He wants to show his power, not my power. See, yeah. he doesn't want to do. He doesn't want our work. He wants to do his work in me. Yeah. By the power of the Holy Spirit. If we just wanted, give me yourself, give me your heart. That's it. Yeah. My son, give me your heart. So So from the Philippines, yes. what what brought that to your heart to then go from there to Ethiopia? Obviously it's your home. Yes. You know. Yes. But what what brought the change from leaving from one to the yes. other? There was there was a brother in the Lord. Oh, uh, we, we grew, I mean, we, we grew up together, and he's also, uh, he's also a believer from that time on. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are me, I, have, I have tons of friends in the United States. In each city, there will be a church, Ethiopian church. And you can go to Canada, you can go to Europe, Norway, Scandinavia, everywhere I will have somebody that I know from that time, from 60 plus mm-hmm. years. 
So this brother, he lives in Sacramento. He says, Yalo, he, he goes back to Ethiopia and he establishes churches and supports. He says, Yalo, what, why don't you go to Ethiopia? You keep going to the Philippines. How about, how about Ethiopia, your home country? Hey, you see, the gospel, the message is, you know, what did Jesus say? Go into all the world, right? The, the field is the whole world. Not, it's not based on nationality or race or color or stuff like this. No, mm -hmm. it is oh, we go to all people. Jesus died for the whole world. Yeah. So that is what he invited me to come to Ethiopia and to disciple like evangelists, pastors, teachers in Ethiopia, in the eastern part of Ethiopia. That's how I started ministering in Ethiopia, me and my wife. Now in Ethiopia, of course, you have probably three different groups, groupings, I, I believe. I think in, north, in the northern part, is that a lot of Jews, Jewish following? In a certain area in the Gondor, I mean, you know, the Jewish, yes, Jewish yeah. people. And yeah. then you have where you've been going, there's a lot of mixture of both Eastern Orthodox as well as Islam. Yes. How, how does that work? How do you, how do you deal with... Yes. Because I know when I go to Moldova... Yes. And the dealing with the the Orthodox Church there, per se, don't call it Eastern, it's more like they call it Russian, but yeah. I'm sure it's the same thing. Yeah. I know when I first went there, I started talking about to teenagers in, in the high schools and so forth. And I was talking about the idea that, you know, we need to make good decisions to for God and, and the, read the Bible and this and that. And the missionary pulled me aside and says, you know what, they all agree with that. But that's not the issue. We need to teach them. They need to follow the teachings of Jesus. And I'm just like, really? They don't, they don't get that. And he says, no, you have to literally say... A believer, a real believer, is someone who follows the teachings of Jesus. Well, that makes sense. I just never thought about having to say that, but now it's been part of my daily talk. Is about of what is a believer? Someone who follows the teachings of Jesus, yes. and that's something we use there, especially with the Orthodox group of people, mm -hmm. because they it's like they're void of that. They don't carry that with them. There's a lot of other, I don't know, liturgical and legalistic things and things that come from the priests that they are yeah. told they shouldn't do. And yeah. I don't know what the, if it's like that in Ethiopia, oh, but yeah. share that with us. Yes. Oh, I tell you, you see, my heart just aches for uh, our people, I tell you, because they're so bogged down on so much rituals and mediators. I mean, there are tons of people, men, angels. I mean, you just name it. I mean, it's so hard. They miss when they miss out. You see, the, I, what we tell them there in our language, it's called B. B is a one word. It means I N N. Okay. This life, what God came to give us, life was, it's you in Him. Okay. You in Him. What happened? You in Christ, because Christ died, buried, and rose again. Did he die for himself? No, it's in my place. So we tell them, if you trust in Jesus, that you'll be righteous before God. His righteousness will be counted for you. And he became a sin for us already and punished for it. That the punishment that I should have received, mm -hmm. it fell on him. Okay, now I can have, I have access to God. And so you in Christ, I am. 
the two-letter word. You in Christ, you're righteous before God. Then he pulls up his sleeves and he says, I will be inside of you, changing you, making you like myself. And through you, I'm going to be showing myself to others. That is so you in him, he in you. That's what Christian life is. There is no other way. There's, I mean, he's the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father. He's the way. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to have the, the right way to go to a certain destiny. You want to go to God to be in relationship with him? Then Jesus is the way. Yeah. Yeah. The truth is the word of God. He is it. And then life. And he gives you life. So Jesus is, so that is what we share with them. So, I mean, you know, I mean, now, now we have so much Orthodox. There are in one location, 3,000 people, Orthodox, that are baptized and trusted in Jesus. You know, now they knew there is no other way. The enemy tries, the, his, whatever he wants to do is to get us off Jesus. Even here, mm-hmm. if you say there is one supreme being, Nobody has a question issue. No problem. As soon as you say, Jesus, he's the only way to God, oh, hell breaks loose. You see, because the enemy knows that thief, which comes to steal, to kill, to destroy, he knows if he can get us off Jesus, he got us. Yeah. See. So the difficulties, well, actually, help me out with some of the difficulties with spreading the gospel as an evangelical to those who are in the orthodox circles. Circles. Well, it, it is hated. I mean, it's like they, they, they call us all kinds of names. And they, just, I mean, the priests even talk about lies. You know, they say, they do all kinds, they tell us, they tell people, you know, these guys are bad, you know, and they, they don't. Even kids that trusted in Jesus, mm-hmm. you know, they, some are thrown out of, you know, from their homes, like the Muslims do. Even yeah. in the Orthodox, yeah. So, but the the issue is, but then how we come to them is they see the life, they see the change. Even my mom, she comes from a priestly, the Orthodox priestly line. Mm-hmm. My mom, and uh, she, you see that Wednesday and Friday, you fast, you don't eat meat or dairy product, you don't touch. In the Ethiopian, I mean, you know, there's Wednesday and Friday, so. After I came to Christ, she saw us eating on Wednesday like meat or something like this. I just, <laughs> oh my God, I come from her. She called the name, her dad's name is called Yosef. The priest Yosef, I'm the priest Yosef's daughter, and you, my kids, it's like hell. That's it. That's it, you see. But you see, that is how they are. But very, very religious. Oh, you just, your heart aches for them. Yeah. I wish they know the gospel, Jesus. Everything is here. You know, I know that uh, when I'm in Moldova, yes. you know, the Orthodox, uh, I don't know if it's the priests or just the people all together. It has to come from the priest area. Uh, all the people who are evangelicals, for example, it's a cult. Yes. That's how they. Uh, yes. Yeah. Pick them people, out. Exactly. Yes. So they're cold. Yes. And uh, you do, even there, I'm sure it's the way it is in, in partly a lot of those countries is that if you follow those teachings, you know, the evangelical teachings, then they kind of excommunicate you. Yes. 
befriend you know they befriend you not befriend you but they cut you from your friendships or family and stuff like that it's really a difficult situation I remember when I first started going to Moldova and you can help me with this whether it's the same in Ethiopia um, they would have churches and they started realizing a lot of people in the Orthodox Church wouldn't come to the churches because then their family would be upset and the priest would be upset and it was almost like they were excommunicated. But so they, they started, this one group started having home churches. So they met in people's homes and they would have services in their homes. They'd have dinner, great food, <laughs> you know, but it would be a time of singing and praising and worshiping and, and so forth. And that was okay. So they've got, they've brought in more and more people from the Orthodox church into their homes, mm -hmm. but it wouldn't happen that way, or it didn't hasn't really happened that way, on a very grand scale in the buildings as a mm -hmm. church. Mm -hmm. Is is that similar? Yes, it's it's the same issue. All you know, this uh, isolating people and uh, chasing them and throwing them out of their homes, uh, counting them as you know slums. I mean, bad. You just you just hate it. I mean, yeah. but now that's that's changing. So, because there is so many, they see the fruit. See their kids are not going into drugs and drinking and things like that. So they say this, they are very nice, and now they start to really welcome it. Yeah, because they see the fruit, and that's that's a big deal. Yes, you know and. Yes. Uh, Jesus taught a lot about yes. the fruit and the fact that we need to bear fruit yes. and we'll know if they're a believer or a follower sure. by their we fruit. We shall know them by the fruit. Exactly. Yes. Uh, it's a huge An Another thing. thing let me just mention also to you is like when I go there, uh, now, see, what we do is we have a place. We don't leave because some of these are still priests and they are functioning in the church, in the Orthodox Church. And so they come to attend. They want to come be with us. They know the truth now. Mm -hmm. So they want to study the word and we disciple them. So what we do is we, we stay in one place. We buy mattresses, you know. So we just sleep there and we just eat there. We hire a cook mm -hmm. and we cook there and we don't leave that place because these are some of them are still in the churches, in the mosques. Wow. So we have... We, like 40, 50 people, we stay there for 10 days, 10, 12 days. Wow. And some of them, we we bring them, you know, transportation, we bring them from another location. And that's how, and that is how we, of course, you know, we prepare that and then study together. We stay together. Yeah. So how many years have you been going to Ethiopia now? Oh, I would say about, you know, 12 or 12 or for 13 years, something okay. like that. Okay, long time. Yeah. So you just got back in January from yes. uh, was it a two month trip? Two month trip. Two month trip yes. from Ethiopia, and you plan on going back for an, you and your wife go yes. back yes. for an entire year. Yes. So, um, and you plan on renting a one bedroom yes. flat or house sure. or something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 I noticed that on your because uh, a lot of people ask me, you know, because they know I go, I try to go every year to Moldova. They ask, they'll say, I'd like to do something like that. But a lot of people don't know how. They don't know where, you know, either their lifestyle or their finances or something doesn't go, doesn't make it. But I read something about your, your biography that 
in order for you to afford uh, some some of this uh, missionary work is that you actually became a consultant for uh, environmental. Explain that. Well, when I was when we were going to the Philippines, Mm -hmm. that was how how I did it. In two thousand five, so you go into uh, I work in you know you know Lake Tahoe. Yes. Lake Tahoe or Susanville in that area. Mm -hmm. I work uh, for two months as an environmental consultant. Mm -hmm. And so I work. And then that is how we support ourselves for transportation, rent a place there in the Philippines and expense and also help out some people. There is uh, so much need. People have so much need. Yes. Even here, look at what people. There are people who can't even afford to eat. Yes. Meal. So, so there's so much uh, deprivation. I mean, you know, need. So we we work like that. I work like that. I mean, it will help us to support our trip and you know all our needs there. Yeah. Now, when I go to Ethiopia, you know, I am not working anymore as a consultant or anything like that. But uh, there is a brother in the Lord. Uh, he's an American. He he asked me about the work in Ethiopia. One time we had a home fellowship. I was going to the Trinity Church at the time. And then he said to me, Hey, Yalo, I heard that you you go to Ethiopia and I heard what you you know is happening over there. So if that is what what I heard is happening, what are you doing here? <laughs> he said he said, Is it money? <laughs> he said, you know, he says he says, Hey, I'll help you. Yeah. And then he came with me to Ethiopia. And then we were attending in a province in a remote area, village. And the church, the other church is mud and wood, you know, not the, So it has termites have really damaged the, you know, yellow. You know, I'm going to build this church. I'm going to build a church for these guys. And he built a church there, which will hold maybe 1,500 people and also dug a well, water well, for them. And then he got hooked on that. So he kept going back, and now he, he is more Ethiopian than I am. <laughs> <laughs> He's a wonderful brother. He lives here in San Antonio, him and his wife. Uh-huh. He built three churches, and we're building still now. And we're, you know, we're, so there are individuals also that help us, but yeah. mostly, mostly it's him. Really, single-handedly, that did help. That's very cool. Yes, yes. Which brings me to my next group. Yes. Um, in Ethiopia, there's also the the whole group of uh, those in, in Islam. Yes. So there's a lot of Muslims over yes. there. Oh, yeah. And I understand that your work over there with the people you work with have reached uh, a tremendous amount of Muslims. Mm-hmm. Very much. Um in fact, I think don't you have one one person there who has influence over thousands and thousands of yes. them, and you're building a church for them. Yes, you know. Um, let me tell you. Let me tell you just a story how this one man came to Christ. It will be a very wonderful story, interesting. You know, he is the one who calls to prayer. He goes on a tower. You know, Allah Akbar. Yes. You know? They crawl at four in the morning in Ethiopia. You hear it all the time. Like a rooster. Like a rooster. <laughs> so so he, he does that. But uh, 
he wanted to visit his aunt. So, but then after he did that, they take a little nap in the tower there after, because it's early in the morning. So he takes a little, while napping, he sees a, a dream, dreaming about going to his aunt's house. And then when he was going there, but then he came to a river and he says, how am I going to cross this? Then there is a guy sitting right at the edge of the, at the bank of the river, you know, the edge. And he says he's wearing like a wretchedy, just shreds, you know, and it's bony-like person. He says, I'm Muhammad, but I can't help you cross this river. But that guy can. And it says, Isa, Jesus. So I don't know how he helped me. I, he got me across the river. And then when I woke up, I went to the full gospel church. And I asked the guard, he says, can you tell me about Jesus? Wow. And he, he, they told him he trusted Jesus and he got baptized. And now this guy, let me tell you another story. It's an amazing story about this guy. Now this guy is really influencing a lot of Muslim sheikhs, leaders. He knows the Quran back and forward. Mm-hmm. He knows it in Arabic. And if you do, I mean, that's a big deal. Okay, in the Muslim. So what he did was they will call him, invite him to teach them because they are interested one-to-one word of mouth and they want to hear. They want to hear more about Isa. So they call him into a town. It's it's called, I don't want to name the the town because, you know, just to protect. So they invited him there and then the sheikh, the main sheikh of the town comes to him Hey, he says, I can't have a love relationship with my wife. He can't have sexual relationship with his wife. But if Isa heals me, I will follow him. So he prays for him. When he prays for him, evil spirits, demon, he was demon possessed. You know, evil spirits get out of him and he set free. And then <laughs> he steps outside. <laughs> he steps outside and he, and this guy there are the rest the rest of the Muslims uh, sheikhs are studying the you know this guy is teaching them so this guy the one who was prayed for he goes outside and then when he saw he was going to pee outside urinate outside mm-hmm. he sees and then he they hear this voice sound somebody screaming and this guy took off all his clothing, just n- nude, naked. Mm-hmm. He says, Isa is God. Isa is God. He's just shouting because he's his private organ. Working. <laughs> Working. <laughs> <laughs> so that is how God uses this guy to spread the gospel. Once, you know, see, that's how people are. Now the word of mouth the first people that I uh, discipled, 20 Muslims. Mm-hmm. The 19 were brought by the 20th guy. Who brought the 20th guy? This guy. See, this guy I told you about. Yeah. He's the one who brought that one guy, and that one guy now brought 19 other ones. Wow. And that is how it multiplies. That's pretty cool. Yes, it's cool, I tell you. I, yeah. I want to scream sometimes. The people think I'm crazy because we, it, it makes you look back at scriptures we read, like in Second Chronicles, where God says, yes. "If my people call by my name, call by my name, yes. you know, humble themselves and pray, you then know. I'll hear from them and, and heal forgive their, their sins. Whose yes. whose sins? My people, 
Right. See, so don't we don't point fingers to politicians. You know, this is no. It's me. Exactly. You know. Yeah. Praise God. So that's really cool. Yes. So. You've got a lot of work ahead of you still. I guess uh, you've got to build a house when you go to Ethiopia, right? You mean build a house for? For? Um, church, you mean the church? Yes. The I'm, church? Sorry, I'm sorry, I said house. I mean church. Church. Oh, yeah. yes. Still now, there is church. That brother I told you about. Yes. I don't mention his name. He doesn't want me to. But he is the one who's helping. And also the individuals. You know, we don't yeah. have so many like organization, people, and stuff like this. But there are individuals, like two, three individuals that are really supporting us, supporting yeah. the work in the Ethiopian. Ethiopian. So amazing. for all of you watching this program, I, I really um, urge you to go to our website and read, you know, the bio I have on Yellow. I mean, it's amazing. Uh, you go to thebelieversjourney.net and you go to the guest page, and there he is, and um, there's the information there. And on the page there, where it's the guest, you have uh, a phone number if you want to call. There, if you click on the the logo for the church you attend, you'll get their email, his email, and you can write him. And if you want to help support him or encourage him, um, just let him know you're praying for him. Whatever you want to do, is this it? is really good. Um, let me ask you something. It's probably, I, I think I know the answer, but do you have some kind of a newsletter of some type that you send people? Oh, not really newsletter, uh, but I, you know, I send reports okay. after whenever I come back from Ethiopia. I write reports, you know, what happened and what the plan is, and then I send to people. So if they want to help, and so I have their. Uh, the address of the church, I mean, mailbox. Mm -hmm. So I send them that. I send reports. So, so if that would be, that's good. So, so if you do want to contact, you, if you do feel led to call or write Yalo, you know, ask them about how you can uh, help or also if you want to see or hear uh, or read more about their ministry, uh, both he, he and his wife do this together. Um, uh, she doesn't go every time you go, correct? Just Mostly she goes. The she, only time she didn't go with me was this last time. Mm -hmm. But otherwise, yeah, all the time she comes with so, me. And she wants to teach also the ladies and, and kids. And so, you know. She, she probably doesn't want you to go for another six and a half years and no. not be with you. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> no, that has to be really no, hard. No, that's the last time we're going to be something. <laughs> so anyway, um, incredible, incredible story. Incredible Praise man. Um, and I just really think that uh, yeah. uh, you'll be really blessed the more yeah. you look into him, he and his ministry. Um, I see him as a real missionary and because of his faithfulness to God, uh, thousands of people have have come to know Jesus and are following and, and, and they are bringing people and those people are bringing people and it's oh, just man. growing by, yeah. by the Praise thousands. God. I mean, Praise literally in two different continents, man. two different countries, yeah. you know, Praise and God. he's got a position here. He's an elder of the church where he uh, attends here. So a uh, very humble man. Uh, I've been in his home. He's really, really cool. And um, the, the church that they have, the Ethiopian <laughs> church here in San Antonio, um, they're pretty neat too. Um, 
So thank you. So anyway, let's let's move on. Let's talk about um, the thief and Jesus. Oh, sure, sure. So basically, yes. Um, one of the things that that I I want to read the, the passage that, that we picked to talk about, and I want to bring in a whole lot more. So the, the passage is in John 10.10. 10. Yes. The thief does not come, Jesus is speaking, the thief does not come to except to steal and to kill and to destroy. Yes. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Mm. A lot of times I think, a lot of people who quote this forget this last part because mm. I think that having life to its fullness, mm. you know, has a lot to do with where we are today and living on this earth today, mm. you know. So, but there's a quote that that you have that I want to I want to read after uh, reading this passage. Yalo says this: the fundamental difference. This is the fundamental difference between religion and life. Hmm. Explain that. Well, the whole, the whole idea, you see, if you just put everything, I don't care what religion, other than Jesus, I mean, Christianity, or, you know, what we talk about, about the Lord Jesus. Everything, if you put it in one box, it's all about doing things. Hmm. It's, if you do this, then you're going to get to God. You're going to impress him. And, you know, it's all about man being, you know, so what is the root cause of all of the problem we have from the beginning of creation? What is it? You know, you know our first name? Everybody has the same first name. Do you know that, sir? No. I. Okay. Middle name, me. Last name, <laughs> mine. That is what brought Jesus to die on the cross. Yeah. What? Eve, did she do any stealing or killing or lying? No. She just wanted to be like God. He fooled her. He came, the thief came, and he stole. What did he steal? The, steal the trust, the faith she has in God. Yeah. Now, trust is me. I am mine. You can't be like him. Don't listen to me. Forget him. And that is the whole issue of what sin is. That is what results in all the other sinful things. But, uh, but and the, so, so when it says Jesus, you know, the enemy, there are two powerful kingdoms or powerful governments in this universe, God's kingdom and Satan's kingdom. And Satan, you know, he can't trash him anyway, but the Lord is not like that. He has already judged him and he's already, you know, under condemnation. He's just waiting his time. Of execution, mm -hmm. but but he still though he still is free, and so he stole. He came and stole uh, the relationship Adam and Eve had with God. You see, how did he steal it? By saying, "Hey, you don't need him. You can be just like him." That is what the problem is. So religion is all about man. You know, I did this. How many days did you fast? Ten. I'm twelve. I'm better. It's all about competition. I, me, it's all about why did Satan fail? What, why did, how did he fall from, from heaven? I was thrown down. Because I read Isaiah 14, verse 12. He says, I won't be like him. Right. I put my throne, I, 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 five times. Mm -hmm. That is what the root cause of all issues, whether he's in the world, what the world has, people against people, what's the issue? Politics. You can go to husband, wife, 
What's the issue? I know and you don't. Why are people arguing? So I know and you don't. So I'm right and you're wrong. So the whole issue is I, me, mine. Yeah. Okay? So that is what how he steals from us the, the relationship we have with God is by saying, you are like God. You are God yourself. Nobody tells you what to do. So, you know, I, 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 it's interesting because I think that a lot of people, they want uh, Christians or people in churches, they want to blame all the things they do wrong on Satan. And, and I think that um, what they're missing is, is that we have this selfishness built in that even wants to blame Satan instead of our own stuff. And when I look at like First John and John says, you know, the things of the world, we need to be careful, like the lust of the eye, lust of the flesh and the pride of life. We're yes. talking about us, like you're saying, me, yes. me myself and, you know, yes. I, me, mine. I mean, mine. It's the same thing. Yes. And I think that when we realize that and we try to um, work on ourself, I mean, I have I have this uh, idea that uh, when I talk about Christianity, you know, I use the term a lot now, believers, mm -hmm. you know, um, but when I look at Christianity, you know, what is Christianity? Well, it definitely is not a religion. Yeah. A religion, and I have, I have a definition here, a religion is an order of worship of God or gods. Mm -hmm. Notice that it's an order of worship. It's a belief in God or gods, usually expressed in conduct and ritual. Mm -hmm. uh, it could be any any system of, of belief, mm -hmm. but but it's a, a way of doing things. It's yes. it's how you walk or why you walk or where you walk or how you stand or mm -hmm. so it's it's an order of things. Mm -hmm. And and I when I look at the scriptures from day one in, in the Bible from beginning in Genesis to the end, God isn't really about that. In what connects us with him. Mm -hmm. What connects us with him is a relationship. Mm -hmm. So I have the definition of relationship here. A relationship is the quality or state of being related. Yes. It's a connection, a connection by blood or marriage. It's a kinship. Um, it's, it's, it's just any kind of particular uh, instance of, of being related. Yes. Okay. It's like of the same family. Mm -hmm. So when we look at relationship, we look at the definition and we can see this is what Christianity, this is what Judaism was supposed to be. That's what Christianity is, is that relationship, that kinship with God that we have. Mm -hmm. What is, what is uh, religion? Well, religion are the things that God put in place for us to learn and construct our lives, to have good conduct and, and build righteousness and have a better quality of life to enhance the relationship, mm -hmm. not the other way around. Mm -hmm. and, and I think you're exactly right. I, I think it's me, I, me, mine is, is really at the crux of the matter. Yes. Yes. And unfortunately, I see this all throughout Christendom mm -hmm. that this is a major problem in our churches. Right. Major yeah. problem Sensible. that we don't want to blame yeah. ourselves. We want to blame somebody else, something else, a higher power rather than our, our own yeah. selfishness, our own yes. yeah. uh, carnal nature, if yeah. you will. Yes. Religion, religion is man's ideas, 
man's volition, man's will, you know, it's all. But you see, the thing is, it loses, that's how the relationship is really being lost. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, God, what did he do? Like, for example, how did, how did this thief come and stole it from Adam and Eve? Because God, God's government is called theocracy, right? Mm -hmm. How does he rule? He puts out an individual, a person, and through him, he administers, he rules, he governs. Who was the ruler of this earth, planet? Adam. God put Adam to rule. But Satan was very angry. He wanted to be like God. He says, how come Adam is going to be... See, in relationship to God, he was going to administer. Adam was. But then Satan came and he says, hey, he stole it from him. Now he rules, uh, in, although he can't, he's a, he, he can't do anything he, he, he wants, but still, now he's the ruler of this earth until, yeah. until Jesus comes and gets him thrown in the pit. Yeah, and I think that is really, it says it all. Yes. We, we look at the whole picture of Christendom, yes. we can see the dividing line here. And why is there these problems? And, you know, I've had people ask me a lot of times, well, how come God allows this to happen or that to happen? Or why does, you know, and they want to blame God for, you know, like one of the, mo the most ridiculous things I hear is, you know, a tornado is the act of God. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, no. You know, and so when we look at, you know, what Satan does, and what has done is that um, God did something very special in in the beginning when he created Adam and Eve. He said, I give you dominion over all the earth, over all plants, animals, everything. Mm -hmm. What God did was he took his sovereignty and said, here, Adam, this the earth is yours to rule. It's mm -hmm. yours to, yes. to have dominion over it. And what Adam did, Adam and Eve did, was they basically handed it over to Lucifer. Yes, right. So now mm -hmm. the dominion of this world is run by Lucifer. Yes. You know, so when we question why God is doing this or that, no, it's Lucifer doing this and that. We need to really look at that in a better, have a focus of Scripture in our, our ways of seeing things. Yeah. And I think that that's a, a really important thing. Yes, that's true. Yes, so um, it's really what's really interesting is some of the things that that Jesus said in John three six three uh, six thirty three. He says, "For the bread of God is that which comes down out of heaven and gives life to the world." And in a few verses later, he says, "And I am the bread of life." Yes, praise God. Um, I think when we we get down or we in the dumps or we get depressed or we get anxious or, or problematic. Um, we need to realize that the scripture, the, the things that are said in there for our benefit mm -hmm. to help us relate to Jesus, to relate to God, mm -hmm. back to relationship. Yes. You know, the way we have relationship is relating. Jesus was sent here so that he could recreate that broken relationship yes. 
you know. Again, yes. Yeah. He brought, I, I think that's a good point. You see, when, when uh, Adam allowed the enemy to steal that, by the way, it's Eve who was dealing with the, uh, with the devil, you know, with Satan, yeah. but sin didn't come through. It doesn't say sin came through Eve. It came through Adam because he was responsible. He was the head of the house. Yeah. Responsible. You see, God's principle always works. But then he stole it from him, you see. And now, how, what was Jesus? What was, what did he, what does the Bible call uh, Jesus? The second Adam. See? To get back. Right. You see, to get back. How did he do it? He destroyed the one who has power over death by death. Jesus. Yeah. To get back, to give us his life, you see. Yeah. Amazing, amazing thing. It, it really is. It, it really is. So he came and now he restored that. So when we put your faith in Christ, now you have this life, eternal life, which the Lord wanted to give us in the first place which Adam and Eve had it stolen by their enemy. Now Jesus came and brought it back. He could crush the devil. Now when we put our faith in Christ, now we are restored to that relationship. And I think a lot of the situations that both you and I and many people are struggling with in this whole world of gee, there's this denomination and that denomination and this denomination, and I'm fine with denominations. You know, what I'm not fine is, is like what you and I deal with, with that, well, you know, you're a cult. Well, you know, it's wrong. Only the priests have the um, enlightenment of God to tell you what the scriptures mean. You shouldn't be reading the scriptures. Oh. <laughs> you know, we get that where I go. So basically, you know, and in all of this, we're losing the idea of what Christianity is. It's going back to legalism. It's going back. It's all in, in steeped into rituals, and not relationship. That's right. That's right. You know, and, I, and I think that's that's so damaged yes. the church. Yes. I mean, the whole idea to me, uh, brother Allen, uh, you know, this God, Jesus. Everything was created by him and it's for him. We read that in Colossians, mm -hmm. you know. So how he came to us, become a little baby in Mary's womb? Could you imagine the one who was recently, I know they discovered another galaxy 13 billion light years away. 13 billion light years away? If you travel at the speed of light, 186,000 miles per second, you travel for 13 billion years. Could you imagine that? You could not even comprehend it. Yeah. This little thing will explode. This bean <laughs> brain will fuse, burns. And so now look at him. He became a baby to, to, to bring us back into that relationship. Yeah. What Adam lost, forfeited. And now he says, I love you. And he took and he became sin for me and was people spat in his face. They called him all kinds of names. I mean, he can't trash them. You know, you know, even his brothers were born from Mary, mm -hmm. his brothers, Judah and Jacob, I believe. They came to him and he says there was a holiday celebration in, in Jerusalem. In John 7, he talks about that. He says, if you really that, I, let me say it in my vernacular, if you really think that you're that cool, why don't you go downtown and show yourself? They said that to him. 
Mm-hmm. You know, can't he call one of his sister or brother? He says, come here. You want me to show you who I am? I'll make you a cockroach and show you who I am. And it should still be righteous. I mean, he made us. He can do anything he wants. Yeah. But you see how God, Jesus, is so humble, so low, we want just to bring us into that relationship. Yeah. To die. So I just I just think people don't, you know, we can't get used to this thing. Jesus died on the cross, you know, stuff like this. And we just go on living our stupid life, you know. <laughs> I really, oh, I tell you. I, I, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, and it's 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 it is difficult. I I get a lot of questions, and I get a lot from Philippines, by the way. Yeah. And I can tell that they're from the Catholic background when mm-hmm. they write uh, and searching, or their question, or some questions have come to them, and it's yeah. really interesting. Um, but there's something I want to I kind of read here and talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, it says I say here, I find it only appropriate. Uh, this is, comes out of a, a book I, I'm writing, or. Yes. I find it only appropriate to walk on our journey in relationships, looking toward our relationship with God and our relationship with uh, within the fellowship of followers of Jesus, the Messiah. I emphatically believe that the most successful and healthiest relationships pattern themselves after our understanding of servanthood and to and uh, after the examples of of our Lord Jesus Christ. Yes. The scriptures tell us to be imitators of Christ. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so basically, what better way to begin uh, than to make him Lord of our life? Okay. Mm-hmm. Follow his teachings and follow his examples. I mean, this is really Christianity at its core. Mm-hmm. Actually, this is Judaism at, at its core. Mm-hmm. When we really think about it. Yes. Um, but I do believe that all... Uh, all um, of us that confess Jesus as Lord, uh, follow his teachings, are of the same family. Yes. Um, having the same father. And it doesn't matter if you live in the United States, yeah. you live in Ethiopia, you live in Moldova, you live in yeah. Philippines, you live in Russia. It doesn't matter. We're all of the same family. We have the same father. We have the same Lord. And I think that's so important for us to realize because... I know that here in the United States, and as you speak in of uh, Ethiopia, and as I've been to Moldova, I see the fractioned areas of people who are of one group and another group, and how they're divided, and how there's hatred or yes. animosity. Yes. It's really, really yes. bad. That's a good point, uh, Alan. Let me tell you, my heart bleeds for that. I mean, I, you know, the Bible divides people into two groups you know two groups mm-hmm. Jews and Gentiles Jews and Gentiles and what did Jesus do he came because you know there were Jews who were despising looking down on dogs you know calling their you know Gentiles dogs you know what did he do he broke that wall of partition he broke it down and he, br- he made us one. And out of the two, he brought one. What is that one? The church. See? There's no... See, that's, that's it. There's no, you know, based on race or religion or denomination or language. I don't care what difference, you know, we have. But in Christ, I-N, two-letter word, in Christ, we're one body. Yeah. You see? So that is an amazing thing. 
the only thing that's blocking that always is going to be the I me mine issue. Yeah. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you on that. I think that is one of the largest detriments to every person. And I don't care if, if you're uh, a believer or not a believer. I think it, it's, it's, a really, it's a real issue. Uh, too many people think that, um, and, and I don't know if this is mostly men or not, but you know we seem to have a bigger problem with, <laughs> with egos and things like that. We, we tend to think that, well, you know, I'm not going to fall. I'm not going to fail. I'm not going to do the crime because I'm, you know, God's got me. And, and yet we're, we're, not in, we're, we're not infallible and uh, we're not immune to sin. Um, that's why Paul and John and Peter are writing to believers. Mm -hmm. Don't do these things. Why would he have to write them if if they were in, not not fallible? If they were not infallible, I mean, mm -hmm. but we are fallible. Mm -hmm. We are. We do have. Uh, we're not immune to doing the wrong thing, making the wrong choices, living the wrong way, yeah. hurting people. A toothache will do you in. Mm -hmm. This man, you know, that's uh, so big. You know, we, we we project ourselves as invincible and powerful and all this. It doesn't. That I mean, mind is the issue. Yeah. Who is the greatest prophet that Jesus, who Jesus said? Jesus said John the Baptist. Was. See, John, what miracle did he do? Nothing. Nothing. The only thing was, he says, I'm not even worthy to untie his shoelace. Yeah. He says, in fact, his disciples thought, John's disciple. They thought he's going to get jealous and hate Jesus. Then they went to him and, hey, John, you know the guy you told us about? You know the Lamb of God you told us the other day? Many are following him, you know? He says, well, he's, he's a bride. He's a bridegroom. We're just accompanying him. Yeah. He's, he's, I, I'm not even worthy to untie surely. See, that is what made him great in God's eyes. You know, and, and I look at that through Scripture on other things. So real quickly, you know, I, I think Joseph was probably the wisest man in the Bible. Mm -hmm. Why? Because he revered God. He honored God in everything. Yes. And he was humble to every degree. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think that that, you know, when you look at the, uh, the fear of God as the beginning of wisdom, yes. you know, basically that Solomon didn't have that. <laughs> he broke, you know. I have another scripture here I want to read. In 1 John chapter 5, verses 11 and 12, it says, And this the testimony is this, that God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. I mean, it's just that simple. Very simple. And yet... You know, there are too many people trying to make it difficult, make it hard. They want to claim the Bible is such a mystery. We can't understand it. This is not, this is a bunch of hogwash. Um, and it seems like God is light. What does light do? Reveal. Jesus is light. You know, I mean, it's it's all about, you know. Being transparent. Exactly. Be open. Exactly. Yes. And we're called to seek holiness. We're called to live in a life of holiness. We're called to become like Jesus. Amen. It's pretty simple yes. when you read about it. The, God calls his children, his children, and he is the Father. Yes. I mean, it's, it's all about connection. It's all about relationship. And Jesus came that we can have not just eternal life in heaven, 
He came to give us an abundant life here. It doesn't mean we're going to be rich, you know, all that. But it means we're going to have joy and the things inside of us that are going to bring us to a full life. Yes. And I think that's really the key. Yes, the thief steals and destroys and and will continue to do that, especially if we let him. And I think that's the key phrase, if we let him. Yeah, of course. course. So, praise God. Anyway, uh, I'm going to read one more scripture and then we're done. In Proverbs 14, 12, and all these scriptures I'm going to put on my, on my YouTube so you could look them up and read them. But in Proverbs 14, 12, it says this, There is a way that seems right unto a man, but the end of that way is yes. death. You know, no matter how logical things appear to be to us, doesn't mean it's the way that God wants us to be. We really need to follow the scriptures. We really need to connect with him in that relationship. We really need to follow the teachings of Jesus. Follow the teachings of the scripture. That brings us life. Yes. Uh, One thing that really transformed my life also is, uh, you know, where it talks about uh, when David prayed, the word of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. You see, this God, we're going to stand before him. Mm-hmm. Okay? Whether you like it or not, it doesn't matter. Yeah. We're going to stand before him. And the charges, do, we need to know what the two charges are when we need to answer, when we stand before God. Yeah. Romans 1, we can find that, the two charges. Everybody has to answer for that. He says, although they know God, they do worship him as God. He's God. Mm. He made us. He created us. He created this universe. And he needs to be worshipped. Secondly, not thank him. They didn't thank him. Not worship him and thank him. Why do we thank him? He sacrificed his son. So that we can come back into a relationship with him. So we got to... See, those are the two things that everybody has to give an answer to. Yes. Yes. And with that... That's the end of our program. Well, thank you very much for it. <laughs> thank you for coming. Sure. You know, you're an amazing man. And, Praise God. Um, I, I think uh, God's blessings on you and your work because oh, it's you. it's really cool. Praise Again, God. I exhort you to uh, read on my on my uh, website about Yalo. And if you want to contact him or support him in any way, you know, I'm sure that's totally welcome. And I want to thank everybody for watching this program, supporting our ministry. Everyone have a wonderful day, a wonderful week, and aloha. Thank you. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.